0: This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. The Lord definitely is busy doing something, not only in Christian Family Church, but I think in South Africa and, um, and in the world, uh, because there is a, a massive uprising, so of course the Lord will have to uh, um, counter that with something even bigger. The Bible says that because of one man's sin, the whole world fell. How much more because of one man's uh, uh, righteousness would uh, many more be saved, basically is what it's saying. How much more powerful is the work that Jesus did not than that of what the first Adam did? So whatever they would try to bring against the world and the church that would be from the enemy, God would always rise up and do something even greater. It's so good to be with you tonight, and uh, uh, today we we spoke quite a bit about our value and understanding the value that we have uh, in the creation as a whole, Um, understanding the way that God sees us, the importance that we play in His sight, and and not only in His sight, but also in His body, and the way that we should see ourselves. And and tonight, uh, since our theme really, if you want to say there was a theme for this weekend, it was community and the importance of us operating with that in mind. I want to just continue uh, with a, a short message on community and and just look at it from a bit of a different angle. Um, and so I thank Apostle Theo and Pastor Bev for the opportunity that I have to share the word with you. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are the one that has instilled and designed us. And you've designed us with a purpose. And within that purpose, Father, you see in your plan for us to be in relationship with one another. There is so much power when people come together in agreement. In fact, you said that only if two of you agree upon earth, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. And so, Father, how much more can we not achieve when we, be- we come together in agreement more than two? Uh, we can do dangerous things. And by dangerous, I mean massive, uh, big impact. And so I thank you tonight, Father, as we learn a little bit about community and, and the importance of community and that that should not be forgotten, even though society might drive us to that, to hide behind our walls and our electric fences and all that sort of thing. Thank you, Father, that we will not forget the importance of coming together in community, forming friendships and relationships in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen, it's true, isn't it? Hey, in today's society, and I've seen it even in Uganda, um, I was driving around one day, not too long ago, with um, Apostle Peter Wanyama, and um, we were driving through a particular suburb, and he showed me, uh, or he pointed out to me, that you know so many of the houses uh, that we drove past had big walls that were built up and big gates that you couldn't see through, massive gates um, that uh, were solid. And um, so people were beginning to become far more security uh, conscious uh, in Uganda of all places. I mean, it is such a friendly place, and uh, I don't feel any kind of threat when I go to Uganda or any one of the East African countries, to be honest with you, but still, they do experience crime and that sort of thing, and so people have begun to close up in that respect. They've begun to hide behind their walls and and you know when it gets dark you want to make sure that you're home now in South Africa our excuse uh, for that is to you know I don't like driving around at night to be honest with you here in South Africa uh, because of the potholes they become really detestable for me and uh, my car doesn't seem to like them very much either and not even Gabriel's shock absorbers can handle some of the potholes that South Africa has to offer. So, um, so I try not to drive around at night. I don't know about you. I guess how many of you have found that your habits have begun to change just because of our surroundings? Is it just me or are there other people out there as well? So many of you. And yes, for those of you online, how many of you? You could just raise your hand. Don't worry if your wife thinks, what, what are you raising your hand for? You can't see you. Uh, but just raise it nonetheless. Be a part of the service as you are. And so, uh, you know, just recently I heard this fantastic uh, uh, statement. It says that circles are better than rows. And I thought, wow, that is a quite a cool title. Circles are better than rows. And what that is talking about is, is exactly what we're experiencing right now. We're together in uh, the church right here at Christian Family Church. And within the setting, we find ourselves sitting in rows. And there is a good place for it. It's important. It's extremely important for us to come together and to worship the Lord like we did tonight. Did you enjoy the worship? The extended worship, it was really, really great. I thought it flowed really beautifully and, uh, and allowed us to come into the presence of God. And so it has its place. But the thing about rows is that sometimes uh, one attends to make one feel just like a number when you're just sitting in a row. Um, as, As important as it is, and I'll just show you in Scripture that it is important for us to do what it is that we're doing here. But when it comes to community, when it comes to relationships, rows don't work so well. Circles work far better when it comes to relationships. And that's why, in the context of what I'm gonna be speaking about uh, over these next few minutes, is that circles are better than rows. When we are talking about community and relationships and getting together and connecting with people, then certainly circles are better than rows. How many of you would agree with that? In a circle, you have a name. In a smaller community setting, you have a name, you're not just a number. Even though we do learn here and we do grow here, there is a place for the community, not just because we say that it's a good idea and because psychologists say that it's vital, but because the word encourages the fact that we should be living with a community mindset, it shouldn't just be about coming to church on Sunday and then leaving and going home and making that your tradition to just come to church on a Sunday and leave. Isolation is important. Uh, I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with isolation. If you've had a tough week and you get home, sometimes you just want to isolate yourself and just kind of be left for alone for a while so that you can just revitalize, strengthen yourself, and and just allow your brain to just switch off for a bit, right? Does that happen? We want to just retract a little bit and not be around busyness and, and community and that sort of thing. So there is a place for isolation in that regard. But when isolation becomes your lifestyle, that becomes a problem. And so this is the thing that we have to guard ourselves from. And that's why, again, at Christian Family Church, we, we're always talking about groups. We're always talking about the importance of us gathering together outside of the context of a church setting, which we find ourselves in tonight, because we understand the value of that community. We understand the value of that connection. We understand the value of that circle. I want you to say with me, circles are better than rows, In the book of Acts, they met together daily, and they shared whatever they had. Pastor Andre touched on this last week when he spoke about generous giving, right? And so all the believers that were together, they had everything in common with each other. They had a common cause. And also within our groups, our, our groups are so diverse that it allows for people who have similar interests to gather together to share their interest, and in the same time as Pastor Johnny likes to put it, just add ministry to it. But the focus of that group is to have, commu- uh, you know, to to interact with each other around what it is that you have as a common interest. That's the focus of that, and it's important because things become. Things come out there. there are trust relationships that start getting built within the circle that you're not going to have happening in the row. And so we encourage you to get involved in circles. Um, they're called groups, though, okay? Don't find the church and say, listen, I want to get involved in a circle. Uh, it's groups, but I just love the picture. Doesn't it just create a wonderful picture in your mind, the circle being better than the row. And so um, there wasn't anyone in the book of Acts, there wasn't anyone that had a need. And it was in the context of community that this was happening. And so let me read from you Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47. And it says this, they worshipped together at the temple. So there is the rose setting. They came to the temple together and they worshipped together. And it is good that we worship together because corporately we generate or create the atmosphere. We are gathered together in the name of Jesus. And he says that if you are there, I am in the midst of you. And he is in the midst of us through the Spirit of God. So they worshipped together in the temple each day. So there was revival happening there for sure. And then it says, and they met in homes. So there's the circle context coming into the picture. For the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy. The the way that it has been written there, they shared their meals with great joy, just sort of explains what, what condition community creates. It creates a condition or an atmosphere of generosity, That's what happens when we're in that kind of setting, because even so it says, and generosity. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity. They were generous about it. They were like, no, please have another plate. No, have another plate. And, uh, and uh, that's just the atmosphere that is created in that kind of environment, which is not something that we can foster very easily in this type of setting. I mean, we can't bring food and drink into the auditorium. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's a different type of setting. And so it goes on to say, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all of the people. So their ministry is being added into the picture. They had things in common. They were meeting together. They were sharing their food. They were being generous about it. But at the same time, they were not forgetting why they were coming together. They never left God out of the picture. They didn't go into the home and then close the door and say, Lord, we'll see you now now. We're just having this other kind of meeting now. No, God was always the centerpiece. He was always the center part of the meeting together because we are the what of Christ? The body of Christ. So when we meet together, even in a a circle, In a smaller, more intimate environment, we're still the body of Christ. And so, while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, and each day, as a result of this, what was happening is that the community kept growing. Because it says, each day the Lord added to their fellowship. Are you seeing the words that are being used here in the scripture? Added to their fellowship. Those who were being saved. So with them getting together and enjoying each other's company. And showing great generosity. And, and having bryth and, and and that sort of thing. Not that the Jewish people do bryth But whatever it is that they were hummus. Maybe they have like a hummus festival. and um, and, uh, and in that environment... God kept adding to that number because the environment was conducive to people. It was attractive to people. It is what draws people. And I'm going to show you that uh, in, a, in a short moment just with some experiments that had been done um, to, to just back up what God is saying here to us. If we look at the uh, verse 46, which I've just read in the Amplified Version, it says that they were breaking bread in various private homes. Just once again, that sense of community, so important. And you know, with this in mind, the Bible shows us that no one in their midst had a need and they lived life together. It doesn't mean we have to move into each other's homes. It just means that we shouldn't only allow our meetings to happen here once a week within the temple, if I can say it like that, but that we should be are striving to try to get together in a communal setting, in a circle, because that's where uh, we begin to open up. That's where the real relationship with the people begins to happen. Coming together here at church is that vertical relationship, but coming together in the circle setting is the horizontal part. And God requires both. We need both. Circles are better than rows because true belonging happens in a circle. It gets personal over there. We begin to open up to people. We begin to uh, generate friendships, valuable friendships. Trust relationships begin to get built, which cannot happen in a row. But in a circle, that's where it, it takes place. Praying for one another happens in circles. Real caring doesn't happen in a row, it happens in a circle. And so I'm encouraging you tonight and reminding you the importance of community. And dare I say, even within your own home, I'm talking about you and your family, you are a community, just so that you know. And so have you ever heard the statement that says, uh, uh, the circle of influence? Have you heard that before? Have you ever had, heard anybody say, this is my row of influence? No. It's a circle of influence. We talk about people that we surround ourselves with. So community is a very important element of our lives. I think about my family and the way that we sit around the dinner table and and just the kind of interaction that happens over there. It's so important. Sometimes it seems so pointless. We can have debates about the most ridiculous things. I mean, we don't throw food at each other, it doesn't get to that point, but sometimes either my wife will just get up and walk away because it's just too much for her, or I'll have to just say, time out, guys, this is the most stupid argument we could possibly have, but they're so valuable valuable because of the interaction that's taking place and the bonding that is happening. God's design has always been for us to live and grow in community. I love to see that in Bible college, how the, they form these little communities when we have breaks. You always see these students kind of gathering together, the friends and the friendships that are made, and, and eventually the, the weddings that happen out as, uh, as a result out of those little communities. And, and uh, the third years when they go into their syndicate groups, the kind of relationships that are fostered over there, and how they work together and the things that they come up with and so on. It's wonderful to see. Isolation was never a part of God's design. We need meaningful connections in our lives. The Swiss researcher, his name is Johann Hari, he gave a talk, a TED talk, on a study that was done in the 1980s in Vancouver. And this study included or involved rats. And this is what they did in the study. They put rats in separate cages and gave them two water sources. One water supply was normal water. The other one was uh, uh, drug-laced water. And you know what they discovered? They discovered that the rats, all of them eventually would go to the drug-laced water. Interesting. Not the pure water, but the drug-laced water. And then what they did is they took the rats and they put them together in a big cage and they put some toys in there. Rat toys, whatever they play with. But they put rat toys in there and they put some food in there and that sort of thing. And what they found was quite astounding. The rats started to go to the pure water, and they started giving up the the drug-laced water because there is just something that community does. You see, we desire that. Man is the same in that respect. Human beings, likewise, we crave connection. We crave bonding and love, and when meaningful connection is missing from our lives, we often run uh, to something else to fill that void. And that's why it's so important and, and that study I thought was so interesting. Where people go, you know, where people go to get uh, free from, from whatever sort of, maybe they've been on some drug-laced water for a long time. And so they go to these, these communal houses and, and rehab centers and so on. They have to go in, into these sort of community environments in order to help get them free from these issues. That doesn't happen in a row. That happens in a circle. And uh, so I encourage you tonight to make an effort to get involved, be more than just someone who comes to the church, sits here on a Sunday and then leaves and turns that into a ritual. If that's you, then my encouragement to you is that you need to start putting an effort forward to not isolate yourself that way. You have every opportunity here at Christian Family Church for that to happen. So I encourage you to contact the church and find out about the groups that we have and where you can fit in, something that might work for you. If there isn't anything, I'm sure that they would help to develop something that would work well for you. The point is that we want you, even the dream teamers, when we get together as dream teamers, do you know what we do uh, before we start serving in whatever area it is that the dream teamers are? You know, we have deacons in the dream teamers and greeters and car park people and, and, and people hosting right now in the family room. and uh, So there's a massive uh, pool of, of uh, dream teamers in various areas that they serve in. We huddle, we get together in a circle. And we just have a chat about the service, what's going to happen and how we're going to go about doing this, that. The next thing, we give a scripture, we talk a little bit of encouragement, we thank the people for their service and so on. And then we pray and then we disperse into our various areas of responsibility and we begin to serve. But we also have that sense of community even within. I've got to know a lot of dream teamers through these little huddles that we have when I when I host uh, the family room. And so it's, it's wonderful to see that and... and um, I'm closing my message now with a, uh, well, let me first give you this wonderful quote by John Harry, who, who uh, was involved with in this experiment. He says this, the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety, it's connection. The opposite of addiction isn't sobriety, it's connection. Listen to this incredible quote by John Wesley. He says this, you must find companions or make them. The Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. That's what John Wesley says. You've got to find companions or make them because this Bible doesn't know anything about solitary religion. No. Our relationship, our part as being a part of the the divine family of God, remember that that quote or that saying from Apostle Theo, is to be involved in each other's lives. And again, I say, even at home, it's so easy to go past your own children like ships passing in the night because your interests change. As your kids hit the teens and so on, their languages, you don't even understand what they're saying. I just make a point of communicating with them because I enjoy their company. And then I learn all of these strange new words, like kif and that sort of stuff, the stuff we use that doesn't exist. When I say that's kif, they're like, what's, what's a kiff?" I don't know what a kiff is. They've got other words today, but I know their lingo, and I enjoy their, their conversation. We talk about politics and all sorts of things, and it's just wonderful. So I encourage you tonight, understand the importance of community, the importance of interacting with people. Um, Matthew Perry, who was one of the friends in the series Friends, um, I don't know if any of you watched Friends. Uh, I really enjoyed the show, but he was, he was Chandler Bing. And he passed away yesterday, uh, a very lonely man, 54 years old. He'd had a very difficult life, a very isolated life, really battled with things in life. And when I heard the news, it was very saddening. But I've heard many interviews with him. And I'll tell you what, he's never been married, had no children. He just lived an isolated life. And he had problems with addictions and that sort of thing. and, And it eventually came to an end way too soon. Isolation is not in God's design, not at all. Don't isolate yourself, even though we are a big church. In Jesus' name, every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I thank you tonight for every single person that is here. Just as we've heard this message, just real quick about the importance of community and just looking at it from a different aspect. I thank you, Father, that every person that you would make it possible for them to find friends, meet new people. Even they may feel like, but I'm an introvert. Well, let them find other introverts and let them together become the most introversial group that there is. I thank you, Father, for your hand that is upon every single person, for just changing their world. Let there be that special friend or friendship or friendships in their lives, Father, I thank you for that. And for those that are already uh, involved in groups and so on, that they just flourish, Father, in the name of Jesus. And that as when they pray for each other, that miracles happen, that great things happen in their lives because you are there. It doesn't always have to be in a big church at a big celebration. No, it can be hap- happen in the intimacy of your home. Great things can take place. So I thank you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. And while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want to invite anybody here tonight who's never given your life to Jesus, who's never made Him Lord of your life. You know, He gave His life for you so that you could be saved because you could not save yourself. Every human being needed to be rescued and God sent Jesus to do exactly that. And so if you're here tonight and you've never given your life to the Lord, I'd like to give you an opportunity to do so. Perhaps you've drifted away from Him you feel like, you know what, I don't have the kind of relationship that I used to have with him. I don't walk with him like I used to. I feel a bit like Adam hiding away with a few fig leaves, but afraid of God, thinking that he's upset with me. I'd like to invite you to also join me in this prayer because the Lord is like the prodigal son. He's waiting for you to come back, and right now the invitation has been made, not by me. He's just using me as a vessel. It's been made by him. And thirdly, if you're here tonight and if you were to die tonight, God forbid, or tomorrow or next week, we never know. If you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity, then friend, don't leave here tonight with that still being a question mark. Leave here tonight knowing for sure that you will spend eternity in heaven. So if you want to give your life to Jesus for the very first time, if you want to come back into relationship with God, if you want to make sure that you will spend eternity in heaven, then I'm going to ask you to raise your hand at the count of three. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. You're here for a reason, folks. And this is probably the biggest part of that reason. God wants to have an encounter with you. He wants to give you. I don't know how many chances you've had to do this. Maybe this is the six, seven, eight hundred thousandth time that you've had an opportunity, but this is the one. If there's anyone else, you can raise your hand right now. One, two, three. I'm going to ask a leader to go. Thank you for those hands that went up. I'm going to ask a leader to go over to you right now. One of the leaders of our church. Uh, uh, one of our dream teamers, just to place their hand on your shoulder just to show you that we love you and that we care for you and that we're proud of you and, and we welcome you into the family of God. And, and so I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. I'm gonna ask everybody to join me in this prayer. Those of you at home as well, you feel that tug in your heart, come and pray this prayer together with me now. I'm gonna pray it. It's a simple prayer. You can just repeat it after me, okay? But just think about the words that you're saying. Mean what you're saying. So let's all say this together. Say, dear heavenly father, Thank you for loving me so much that you sent your only son to die the worst death possible so that I can be saved. His death was so tragic because that was what I deserved. But he did it for me so that I don't have to have that. And so tonight... I declare, Jesus, you are the Son of God. You died on the cross for me, and you were risen on the third day, and you are alive today, and I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, thank you for accepting me as your child right now. My destination for eternity is heaven. Or for our American listeners, www.ChristianFamilyChurchSA.com.